Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good afternoon, everyone. It is Saturday, November the 5th, 2022. It is currently 3.42 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas, where it's a beautiful November Saturday here in West Texas. It's like 74, 75 degrees, maybe even close to 80. I don't know. I I would have to look. In fact, let me look really quick. The current temperature is, what is it? What is the current temperature? Give me a second. Where's my weather app? There's my weather app. The current temperature is 72 degrees. I should say 72 degrees. Maybe maybe the wind is a little strong, so maybe it's not completely perfect, but I don't think there's a cloud in the sky. No, there's there's not a cloud in the sky. Blue Texas sky. Beautiful Saturday, November the 5th. That's what's going on outside, but right here inside the Theology Central studio, well, I have Bibles open to the book of Nehemiah. If you have been with us, we have been working on the book of Nehemiah this week. This week, your Bible study exercise has been on Nehemiah chapter 8. I haven't heard from a lot of you, which is somewhat disappointing, right? So, not. I mean, I understand. After doing such a massive study on the book of Amos, probably there's a lot of people who are like, I need a vacation. I don't want to do any Bible study for the next six months. So I understand. I hope someone will come along and pick up these studies and work on them. I think the assignments I've given everyone for uh, for Nehemiah chapter 8, I think they've been very important, uh, important studies, important homework assignments. So, you know, if, 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 you, if you hear this and it's after the fact and I, we're already moved on, please at least consider doing some of this. I think uh, Nehemiah, the, the, the second Timothy three and the Nehemiah eight, obviously the two studies go together. They, they, because they deal with the importance of God's word. They, they deal with the importance of scripture. So I, I, I hope, uh, I, I'm going to find a way. It's one of those things. <laughs> Maybe I'm not smart. All right. Well, well, okay. Never. Okay. Let's not, let's not even put that as a maybe. Clearly I'm not smart. Okay. I know. And clearly I, I'm not good at necessarily reading the room, right? Because clearly there are times where I try and try and try with a, maybe a certain topic or I'm trying to take the, some of the podcasts is going a certain direction and I'm not quite getting the kind of feedback that I'm hoping for, right? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not getting the participation level to the way I want it. That's, that's a good sign if you're reading the room to just move on. Just forget it, leave it alone and move on. Because if nobody's really participating or talking about it, that's a good sign that they don't really care. So if you'll just stop and move on, they won't care. And nobody's going to come back and say, Hey, 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 you didn't finish that. I understand how that works. I understand how that works. But for me, Sometimes what I do is I don't necessarily read the room. I read what I'm trying to do. And I'm like, I think that I think this subject, I think this passage is important. So if they don't like, if, if they're not paying attention to it in this podcast series, 
I'll find a way to bring it back into the discussion some way. Maybe a sermon, maybe maybe a devotional message, maybe a today's focus. I'll find a way to get back to it because there's just some things that I think are too important. And so I'll just keep kind of circling back and circling back. Now, sometimes what blows my mind is like, okay, I'm trying to work on it in one podcast series and I'm not getting the feedback. So I'll kind of approach the subject and a, and a different, maybe a sermon, or, and all of a sudden I get the feedback. And I'm like, so was I doing it wrong? The, you never know. Look, trying to read it and understand it is impossible. What I, here's what I know. All I can do is walk up the stairs to the Theology Central studio. I can sit down in front of this computer and go live and do the best I can. And stay committed not to the numbers. Don't stay committed to getting the feedback. Stay committed to what you're trying to do. Stay committed to the subject. Stay committed to the topic. Stay committed to the, to the study. That, that's what you have to do. So I believe Nehemiah chapter eight is far more important than the, the participation would indicate, would indicate to me. In other words, if I, if I looked at the, uh, if I looked at the participation level, I would probably think, mm, Okay, this is not working, but I think the subject is more important and, and I can't worry about the participation level, if that makes any sense. I know you don't care about any of that, but I have to share it because, because it does, sometimes I think you're like, what are you doing? Why are you going back to that? Because usually there's a reason. I just feel this, this is significant. I, I, it's my job to figure out how to make it. It's my job to figure out how to present it so you catch on to how important it is, if, if that makes any sense, all right? But Nehemiah chapter 8, let's just jump right in and read the text, all right? Nehemiah chapter 8, there's a lot of names here. I, I hope I don't mess any of them up. If I do, if I have to say them two or three times until I get it right, show mercy, okay? Here we go, all right? Nehemiah chapter 8, let's start in verse 1. And all the people gathered themselves together as one man into the street that was before the water gate. Remember, one of your assignments was to look up all the name, all the gates that are mentioned in the book of Nehemiah. Send me the list of the, of the gates and the scripture reference to each one and a brief summary what the gate was used for, right? I'm still waiting for that. I, I don't think... May, there may be one listener who has done that. I think I'll, I'll have to check emails because because I'm way behind on some emails. So I'll, I'll have to do that. All right, but look up the gates. I think it's important. We're going to talk about that. Maybe we'll talk about that tomorrow if we can. Maybe we'll talk about it tonight. Who knows? So all the people gathered themselves together as one man into the street that was before the water gate. And they spake, and they, who is they? The people spake unto Ezra, the scribe, to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded to Israel. And I, and I told you to look this up and figure this out. Who's asking for the, 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 the book of the law of Moses? Who's asking for the scriptures to be brought out? It is the people. The people want it. The people want to hear it. The people want it. Man, I wish that there was, uh, I wish Christians wanted the word of God far more than they actually do. I really do. I really do. All right. So they, they asked for it. I think that's important. Then verse two, and Ezra, the priest brought the law before the congregation, both of men and women. The women were there as well. They got to hear the word of the Lord. I think that's important. 
and all that could hear with understanding upon the first day of the seventh month. And he read therein before the street that was before the water gate from morning until midday. And one of my assignments I give everyone is how many hours was that? Morning till midday. How many hours? How many hours? What was considered morning and what was considered midday? How many hours was the, and I'm going to quote it, the book of the law, the book of the law of Moses. How many hours was that read to the people? How many hours? And honestly, ask yourself, what would you do if you went to church and the book of the law of Moses was read for that many hours? What would you do? What would your attitude be? Come on, be honest, all right? But you figure out how many hours. I'm not going to tell you. How many hours was that? The, the bat, And make sure you look up in multiple sources to see if there is agreement, all right? And so what you may have to do, one may say it was only this many hours, and another would say, no, it was all the way this many hours. And so you may have to go with them in the middle, just find an average, all right? Uh, so they read uh, from morning until midday before the men and the women. Please note that's repeated again. Please note the place before the water gate was mentioned twice. And those that could understand and the ears of all the people were attentive unto the book of the law. And I asked you to look up the, uh, a lot what a lot of the commentaries say about attentive, because if you realize it's in italics, it's not in the original. If you look in an interlinear, there's not really anything for attentive, but it seems to be the implication that they were attentive and just what can we take from that? And what does that mean? Ezra, the scribe, stood upon the pulpit of wood, which they had made for the purpose. And beside him stood Mattathiah, Shema, Anaiah, Urijah, Hilkiah, Masiah, on the right hand, and on the left hand, Pedaiah, Mishael, Malchiah, Hashem, Hashbadana, Zechariah, and Meshalam. All right, we, we made it through those, all right? We made it through those names. So I'm going to do this. We made it through all of those names, all right? Here we go. We made it through all of those names. Do we get one of these? No, see, what, what? Uh, do I have a, a cheer? All right, that's kind of a, that's kind of just a, uh, uh, just kind of a, a normal applause, but we made it through all those names. Do you want me to do it again? No, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not going to do it again. All right, here we go. So they're all standing there, some on the right, some on the left. Now, remember, I told you to take just one of those names, just choose at random and look up and just see if you, what you can find about these. Or are they mentioned somewhere else in scripture? Are you sure it's the same person? Look in a Bible dictionary. That was one of your assignments. And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was above all the people. And when he opened it, all the people stood up. And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God. And all the people answered, Amen, Amen, or Amen, Amen, depending on what part of the country you live in, with lifting up their hands. And they bowed their heads and worshiped the Lord. And I really wanted you to spend some time thinking about that the word of God being read that is worship. The word of God being read and taught, that is worship. 
So many times we in the evangelical church in the United States of America, we believe that that worship isn't the teaching of God's word. I, I, I've heard people, especially people who've come to my church. Well, we do all of the study and it's in depth and and it's it's all of that. But it, it just feels academic. It feels like a seminary. I just I'm not because they think worship is something that's supposed to create a feeling or an atmosphere. You know, we'll have some people sing an acapella. We'll lower the lights. We'll light some candles. Candles. We'll, we'll, we'll do it. And that creates a feeling. And people at, uh, attach worship to an emotion, to a feeling. But let me tell you, the highest part of worship is when the Word of God is opened, the Word of God is read, and the Word of God is taught. Because you're literally hearing from God. But for some weird reason, worship is the music. Worship is the praise team. Worship is a feeling. Worship is, is, is an emotion. Worship is all of these other things. Now, I'm not saying those other things can't be a part of it, but here, the worship, they don't talk about the praise band. They don't talk about the, ad, I mean, they're standing in the street before the water gate. So they don't have stage lighting. They don't have mood lighting. They don't have, the, the word of God is read and they worshiped, please note, and they worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. The teaching of scripture is what leads to worship. If you think about what's weird is we almost have it in the modern church that worship, we, we do the worship, which prepares us for the teaching. The teaching should actually lead to the worship. If you think about it, you really worship when the teaching is over. As you're driving home, you should be worshiping God for the word that you have heard. I think we've got it completely backwards, and I wanted people to spend some really time and, and just consider that concept, all right? Now, we're getting ready to get to the next set of names, and I'm not as good with, with these as I am the others. All right. So, also, Jeshua, Bani, Sherebiah, Jamin, Akab, Shabbatiah, Hadijah, Masiah, Kalida, Azariah, Jazabad, Hanan, Pelaiah, and the Levites caused the people to understand the law, and the people stood in their place. So I want you to hear this. This is important. This is very important. I want you to, I want you to hear this. You had Jeshua, Bani, Sherebiah, Jamin, Akab, Shabbatiah, Hadijah, Masiah, Kalida, Azariah, Jazabad, Hanan, Pelaiah, and the Levites caused the people to understand the law. The law was read, and there were people there to help the people understand the law. All we're going to do in this episode of the Bible Study Exercise is focus on helping them understand the law, or as it said uh, or as it re reads, and I'm going to make sure I read it specifically, um, they caused the people to understand the law. They caused the people to understand the law. Let's look up this phrase in the interlinear. Let's look this up. Cause the people to understand. Cause the people to understand. Here we go. This is the Hebrew word. Strong's H995. Bean, bean. All right, a bean. 
Now, the uh, it's used 170 times in the King James. Being is used 170 times, 62 times understand, 32 times understanding, 22 times consider, 8 times prudent, 7 times perceive, 6 times regard, 3 times discern, 3 times instruct. Being, uh, to, it's, to, it's to separate mentally, to distinguish, to understand, to attend, consider, Diligent, direct, discern, eloquent, fill, inform, instruct, have intelligence. The outline of biblical usage is to discern, understand, or consider, to perceive, to discern, to understand, know, with the mind, to observe, mark, give heed, to distinguish, to consider, to have discernment, insight, and understanding. In other words, the word of God is read. The word of God is read. Then I'm going to go back to the text. And then these individuals, Jeshua, Bani, Sherebiah, Jamin, Akab, Shabbatiah, Hadijah, Masiah, Kalida, Azariah, Jazabad, Hanan, Pelaiah, and the Levites caused the people to understand the law and the people stood in their place. Now, it doesn't, well, hang on. I'm going to stop. I'm going to go ahead and read the next verse in a minute, but here's the key. In the modern church, we have so obliterated the concept of worship that we've almost removed the actual preaching and teaching of God's word from that concept. We may say it's a part of it, but trust me, just give people the word of God, just remove the singing, remove all of the other things. And I'm telling you, people after a while will say, it just feels like a seminary. It just feels like a school. That's all. It, we, we get the knowledge. We get the knowledge. But there's got to be something more. I've heard that phone call has been given to me so many times as a pastor. Because look, the criticism that has shown up at my church over and over and over and over, it just feels like a seminary. It just feels like a seminary. It just feels like a seminary. It just, now, they never give me scripture because they, they try to tell me what they want, but they can never really verbalize it. And I, I, sometimes I just want to say on the phone, but I don't even bother. I don't even bother. I'm just like, okay, fine. Go find what you want. There's a million churches that do church the way you want it, okay? There's got to be one place that does it different. And I believe Nehemiah 8 says, no, the highest part of worship is the word of God. It should be read and you should be given understanding. Now, in your church, is the word of God the highest part of worship? Is that where you feel worship? Do you feel worship because of the word of God? Or do you feel worship because of something other? But here's the real important concept. When it's over, do you, you've got to hear what I'm about to say. Do you understand the text or do you understand the points? In many cases, people leave the church with an understanding of the points of a sermon, but they still don't understand the text. I used to love when I was in the military. And I worked in, in a hospital. Everybody knows some of my story. But I used to love finding all the people on a Monday morning, finding all the people on a Monday morning that I could, if I had an opportunity to talk, depending on what was going on that day and where I was working and what was happening. Hey, if I knew they went to church, how was church? Oh, it was amazing. It was great. It was full of worship. And they, they talk all, okay, all right. Okay, okay, great, great, great. It's wonderful. I'm glad you thought it was amazing. All right, the sermon, tell me about the sermon. And then what was the text? They'll give me the text. And then they'll give me like the three, sometimes they may remember two or three points. 
And then I'll, and so if I know the text, immediately I'd start asking questions about the text. I'd start asking questions about the text. Well, what about this? And who was that written to? And what? And almost about probably, I think this is very fair. This is probably even being, this is probably being not even, I'm, I'm, I'm probably understating it. All right. So listen carefully. I think at least 90 times, 90% of the time, maybe 95%, but I'm going to try to be, I'll try to be nice. Let's just go with 90. Let's just go with 80%, right? 80% of the time, the people knew the points of the sermon, but they could not really answer basic questions about the text. They didn't understand the word. They remembered the sermon. They remember the sermon illustration. They remember the sad little story. They remember the funny joke. They, but they don't know the text. When you get in your car tomorrow after church, did you learn the text? Now, I understand some sermons, like if you look at what we've been studying right now with uh, law and gospel, We've not been focusing on text. We've been focusing on this massive theological concept. But say on Wednesday night, we looked at Psalm 51. I'm hoping that people really got a, a different look at Psalm 51. And there'll be other situations that way. But the real goal is when you're done, did you understand the text? I want to start doing this in Discord, but I don't want to put people on the spot. On the Discord channel, I want to start asking people on Sunday afternoon, all right, so church, how was church today? Okay, what was the text? And then start out and just open the text and say, I'm going to just ask you basic questions from the, like basic questions, questions that anyone just reading the text would ask. If those questions were not brought up or answered in the sermon, I'm sorry, they were not there giving you the understanding of the law. They were giving you a sermon. I cannot stress this enough. There is a difference between a sermon and actually teaching God's word. So many times, remember my hypothesis, the sermons get in the way of the text. When you're driving home, it's not about whether you like the pastor. It's not about whether you may, he made you mad, not whether he was exciting or boring. I, I don't care about all your personal preferences. I really don't care. And no pastor should care about your personal preferences. All I care is you can get in the car and go, I hate him. He's a jerk. He's too loud. He, I, you can just say a million things about me. But what I want you to do is like, but Matt, but, but I know that text today. I know. I know all the problems. I know all the questions. I know the text. He's a piece of garbage, but I know the text. But a lot of people don't care if they know the text. They want to like the pastor and they want an experience. Church has to be an experience, is an experiential thing. People don't want it to just be knowledge. Well, it's got to be more than knowledge because you want your heartstrings. You know, you, you, you want someone to touch your heart with an experience. They're standing in the middle of the street from morning to midday. They're worshiping God and they're being made to understand the text. Now, how did they make them understand the text? Let's see if this offers any insight. Let's keep reading. So they read in the book and the law of God distinctly and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. So they read in the book of the law distinctly. Well, I wonder, does the Hebrew give us any idea of exactly what that means? Distinctly. It says to uh, it, the 
uh, the Hebrew word, if I said Greek word earlier, I apologize, obviously Old Testament. Strong's 865, 67. Parash. 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 Choose five times means to shoo, scatter, declare, distinctly sting. Not super helpful. Strong's definition, to separate literally, to disperse. Uh, or figuratively, to specify, also by implication, to wound, scatter, declare, distinct, show, sting. It is to make distinct, declare, distinguish, and separate. They read in a way to, sh- to bring out distinction, to declare it, to separate it, in a sense, to break it down into its individual parts so that you can understand all right. Let's so they read distinctly, and then the next part and gave the sense. What is that in the Hebrew? If I could get my interlinear to open, the interlinear, and they gave the sense. Um, th- this is the idea. It's this uh, Hebrew word. Strong's H seventy nine twenty two, sechel, sechel, and second entry, sechel. All right. It's used 16 times. It means understanding, wisdom, wise, prudence, knowledge, sense, discretion. The definition is intelligence. By implication, success, discretion, knowledge, policy, prudence, sense, understanding. Prudence, insight, understanding, prudence, insight, understanding. They gave them the, the, the sense of it, the understanding of it. So they read distinctly and gave the meaning of it. Let's look up some um let's look up some commentaries here. Let's look up some commentaries here because I, I think we really need to spend a lot of time here. All right, let's look up some commentaries. Let's look up some commentaries. Nehemiah eight eight. Nehemiah eight eight. I'm gonna pull up uh the uh see Biblehub.com. And I'm going to read it from a number of English translations. So uh, they read from the book of the law of God, making it clear and giving the meaning so that the people understood what was being read. They read from the book of the law clearly, explained the meaning of what was being read, explaining, the, helping the people understand it. So all of them have really emphasizing this. The uh, commentaries say this, they expounded as they read. They expounded. They explained it. The reading and the course of the reading, they caused the people to understand by explaining the meaning of each passage. They read and then explained the meaning of each passage so that the people understood. The people wanted the the word of God. The people were willing to listen to the word of God from morning to midday. The people worshiped because of the word of God, because of the reading of God's word, not because of any man-made manipulation. And then there were people there to give them the distinct understanding and meaning of every part that was read. That is what the church is supposed to be. It is a place where people come to get the distinct meaning of the word of God. And that is worship. Worship is hearing the word of God taught, read, and explained. Because when you get the word of God explained, you're hearing from God. I cannot stress that enough. And after you hear from God, you respond 
with thanksgiving or with praise for what God has given you in his word. When you drive home from church, it should be less complaining and more praising. It should be praising God for the word, for the text, for the understanding you give of the text. Now, yes, I'm not saying you can't be asking questions or struggling or conviction, but I'm just saying you should just be grateful that you, a sinner, was given the opportunity to hear the word of the eternal living God. But so many times, that's not what happens. Because people have messed up attitudes when they go to church. They don't show up prepared and they leave, in most cases, worse off than they showed up. And they want to blame everyone else for their pride. They want to blame everyone else for their attitude. They want to blame everyone else for their, how about it's your issue? But no, 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 it's got to be someone else. If the word of God was taught and the meaning was given, you may not like the meaning, you may disagree with the meaning, but at least someone was spending hours trying to give you the meaning. You may disagree with it. Okay, fine. Guess what? That, 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 maybe the issue is with you. Maybe, possibly. Oh, no, no, no. It can never be with you. It's always got to be with the one. It's just, it's just maddening the way church works. You can spend your life going to school after school after school after school after school after school, this degree, this degree, this degree. And it doesn't matter because everyone in the pew is an expert. And if you don't give them what they think, then they have the problem with you and they're going to go find somewhere else where they'll get what they want. This attitude here in Nehemiah 8 is so missing. It, oh, listen, it was missing in me before I became a pastor. Sometimes it's missing in me as a pastor. It's missing in you. We're all in this together. Church is about the word of God. The word of God is what is worship and the understanding it. Under That is the goal. When it's over, did you understand it? That's all that matters. Did you understand it? I'm not saying did you like it. I'm not even saying if you agreed with it. Did you understand the text? There's Nehemiah chapter 8. I could say so much more. I want you to just continue to read and just think about these things that we have discussed. I've given you a something, but I want you to just really think about, gave them understanding, read it distinctly, caused them to understand. I want you to just see what was taking place there. I want you to compare it to your church experience. All right. Yeah, I, I get I get fired up about this because I just feel like the church is so abandoned. I don't think the church resembles Nehemiah 8. I really don't. I believe the church has completely abandoned it. I don't think it even looks like Nehemiah chapter 8. I, th- I think it's I think Nehemiah chapter 8 is like came from a galaxy far, far away, and we almost believe it's a fairy tale. You can email me your thoughts. And if you do any of the homework, please email it to me, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. And please don't forget, look at the curriculum. And if you have any questions that the curriculum raises, let me know. Um, And if you don't have access to the curriculum, just simply email me, newsif at yahoo.com. I'll send you a link. It's absolutely free. We're we're paying money for it. We're paying money for it. Uh, It's about $50 a month now that we're paying for that access to it. Um, 
sometimes I start questioning the, if I'm if I'm wasting money. Hopefully, I'm not, um, because that's that's you know that's that's a that's a big commitment. Uh, so um, we'll we'll see. We'll just as we move into 2023, we'll we'll see if 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 people are really. If people are really, uh, if they're, if they, I mean, look, it, like, and, and it's no, I would rather just, if you don't think it's, you know, you're not really using it. It's not that you don't think it's that important. Let me know because I, I got no problem just getting, you know, getting rid of it. And, uh, you know, I can just, I can just get it for myself. I can just, I can just have them. I can have each month sent to my house and I can just have the physical copy sent to my house every, every month. And I can just subscribe to myself. And the only reason I know this is because I look, I've I've just been through this too many times in my Christian life where you try to provide resources and people don't really use the resources. Because when the resources are free, people have a tendency to take them for granted. When they pay for them, they they tend not to. But we're always going to make them free. But if you're not using them, just let me know. It's no it's no offense. It's not, it's nothing. It's nothing. You just say, you know what? I'm not really using it. I don't really look at it that much. It's or I'm looking at it and I don't find it helpful. Then okay. We'll cancel that, and then I'll get the book sent here. And for the Bible study exercise, we'll still kind of follow the curriculum. You just won't have access to it. So, but it's up to you. If, if I just, I just need to know because I like uh, making sure that we're using the money in a, in a, in a, in a and I want to use the money in a way that benefits the most people possible. That's what I want to do. If if we if the fifty dollars a month doesn't doesn't help anyone for that, then we'll we'll figure out something else to use the money for. Right, so just just a friendly reminder as we get to the end of the year. You'll you'll hear me mentioning this a lot as we fast approach December and then getting closer to January because uh, because we have a whole new year in front of us. I would love it to be another new year of Bible study exercise, people loving the curriculum, and great things are uh, are happening with everything. But we we can make it work if we need to in a different way. Don't make it don't, don't make me don't make you. I don't want to make you think that I'm saying I don't want to do that. No, I want to. I just know that after a while, because I've, just, I've seen it in my own church, you know, we, 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 we went for, I don't know how many years, uh, getting the feature Bible study guide. I got one laying right here next to me. And um, it became obvious nobody was using it. So we were paying like, I don't know, $60 a month, $70 a month. And we were getting like stacks of those things. And not, so then we went with the curriculum now that everyone had available. I was ordering books for everyone in the church uh, every, every quarter. And then I realized nobody was really using that. So then I'm like, you know what? That that was costing us like a hundred and I was like a hundred and twenty dollars a month. It was crazy. And uh, and then I realized I'm wasting money on that. So then I got rid of that. Um, yeah. So I I I as a I think all churches, if all churches would every year stop and go, how much money are we spending on Sunday school curriculum on this and on this, and how much is it actually being used? Because if you look at the millions and millions of dollars that's being spent every year by churches to provide curriculum and Sunday school curriculum and quarterlies and, and handouts and church bulletins, and you find how much it actually matters, considering church, the Christians today are more biblically illiterate than they've ever been, all of that money is an absolute waste. If, if, if it's not benefiting, I'm more about, I want results. I want results. And I'm not saying results like, the results are people are engaged in using it. That's the result I'm talking about. So just, just a thought. But if, if you haven't looked, please look at the curriculum for this week. Um, Nehemiah chapter eight. And uh, if you can't find it, let me know. And uh, I don't, we, I feel like we need to do more with Nehemiah chapter eight. Maybe we'll do something else tonight, maybe. 
Maybe tomorrow. Well, tomorrow I'm supposed to introduce the next week of Bible study. So, but there you have it. So for our, you say, where are we headed for the Bible study exercise? I haven't got a good plan yet. I don't have a good plan. Um, right now, what I, I thought I'd give us a little bit of a break and before we get into any ma- major study. But we will see. We'll make a plan because I think this is like the last, I think this is like the last kind of part of the of the study for the quarter. And I think that right now they're kind of giving us just a little thing. There'll probably be a break in there for kind of Christmas time. So I think it'll be kind of, and I think it'll be a lot of smaller studies until we get to January. Because I know this, as you get to the end of November, people got Thanksgiving. And then Christmas, you're going to have people, got they're, they're going to be busy. So um, I'm going to try to keep the Bible study exercises like, you know, very, like one week at a time kind of studies. Just, but I want us to go out strong with just trying to accomplish those individual weeks and not get anything major or try not to give a lot of major homework. But then starting about the second week of January, boom, we come right back in and we try to make 2023 the best year we can. So we will see. We have a lot to work on. And I always like, hey, give me your thoughts, your opinions. What would you like to see in 2023 for the Bible study exercise? What, what would you like to see? Because if there's something we can do, I'll try to make it work, right? There we go. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. Thanks for listening. Everyone everyone have a wonderful Saturday. We'll be back on the air. We still got, I still got internet issues and bro, live broadcasting issues that I'm trying to figure out because currently I can go live right here without one glitch. I still cannot go live for Sermons 2.0 <laughs> or the Church One app. Which is very frustrating since we're paying $50 a month for that opportunity. So we've got to figure out a solution. And uh, tomorrow will be a big test. So we'll be asking people. uh, You'll probably get a broadcast tonight, me explaining what I need from people tomorrow. Uh, I definitely will need your help tomorrow. So if you're going to be around tomorrow morning, somewhere between 10 a.m. Central Time and about 12, 20 p.m. Central Time, I am going to need your assistance big time because you could really give us a, 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 some insight into possibly what's going on with our, our problems. And so I will be letting you know that as well. All right. Thanks for listening. Everyone have a great day. God bless.